0: Today, on the Agents Who Crush It Real Estate Podcast, we're going to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. And here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Favaza, and I am super excited for you guys to meet my guest this week. She is probably the coolest name I've seen um, in any profession, never mind real estate, but her name is Tyson Jones. She is with the Litchfield Company. They are right in that whole Myrtle Beach area. They call it the Grand Strand, which is what I just learned here a minute ago. Um, She's with the Litchfield Company, the Lashacot office. And I am so, so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Tyson.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so
0: excited. The name, I just, I tell you, I was kept telling people, I'm like, I'm having this girl on this podcast. Her name's Tyson Jones. They're like, she sounds like such a badass. I'm like, I know. I love it. Thank you. So you can't wait to hear about all the awesome bad, badassness that you actually have. So let's um, go all right. So you started in the business nine years ago and take me back to when you started in the business. What was the reasoning that you got in? What were you doing before? Take us back in the time capsule.
1: Sure. So I had just graduated college in 2014 from East Carolina University. I was actually living in Myrtle Beach doing an internship and I decided to get a real estate license during that that summer. And I really just had a strong interest in it and decided to jump into the business and give it a try. I was very fortunate to Start my career with um, Century 21 Bowling. And Penny Bowling, the owner, um, was a wonderful mentor, along with Tracy Miles, who is a seasoned and highly raped agent. They really took me under their wing and taught me um, so much about the business. And I really spent the first year learning and practicing and just networking and um, building my name essentially in a new town uh, where I didn't know anyone. Um, you know, just, but was super focused and excited to start my career.
0: So what was the main reason after you, um, were in school, what were you, what we, what did you go to school for? And what was kind of that path and how did that change for you? Cause not a lot of people get into real estate cause they went to school for, you know what I mean? Like, you don't go to school for real estate, right? Sure. Um, so what are, what was some of the reasoning there that you got into real estate specifically?
1: Yeah, so my major was merchandising with a minor in business. And I grew up an avid golfer, I played many golf tournaments. That was kind of my path in life. I moved to Myrtle Beach um, and did an internship in the golf business. Um, I grew up my parents are both entrepreneurs. So I grew up in that atmosphere of um, business mind, like and so You know, I just thought having my real estate license would be a huge um, benefit and something to have under my belt. And once I started learning more about it, I could see myself doing that and connecting with people and um, helping them with the largest purchase they'll make. So I just my heart was in it and I was excited to learn more about it. And so that's why I went that direction.
0: That's so cool. And a lot of people start off with a business degree, or Mm -hmm. I've heard of a lot of people that start off with an education degree. Like a lot of people go from like being (coughs) teachers to being real estate agents. I'm always fascinated about how people get into the business because it always is like such a different path for different people. Um, And they all just kind of come from all different walks of life. So that's so awesome. So... Don't play golf with you because you will kick my butt. Sounds good. Um, (laughs) I'm lucky if I can get the ball out the tee. Um, So nine years ago. So tell me how your business changed over those nine years, how you kind of ramped up. I know you mentioned you were at Century 21. You had um, some great mentors and things like that. So tell me how the beginning of those nine years kind of worked out for you.
1: Sure. Well, I, you know, the first year and a half, two years, I really focused on building my database. You know, a struggle I had was I was in a new town. I didn't know anyone. I was 22, right out of college. So I had to overcome a lot of those challenges. And so one way I did that was networking and meeting new people and trying new things and doing lots of open houses. That's really how I built my clientele is doing open houses and I just planted a lot of seeds and thankfully over the years that they blossomed. Um, you know, I practiced a lot. <laughs> I always say the class, you know, they teach you what you need to know to pass the test, but you really don't learn until you get a contract to close <laughs> and, and really practice and, and learn the, the nature of the business. And so I would say that's something I did that worked for me and I really focused on my relationships with people, you know, and not only the new people I was meeting, but my sphere of influence, my my, my friends in North Carolina, where I grew up, you know, staying top of mind because I knew, okay, they don't live here, but they may have friends who may want to buy a beach house or, you know, they may retire here or they may have a friend looking to move here. So I really focused on um, marketing myself and creating a brand for myself. Um, I had opportunities to join teams and that sort of thing, but I really had a passion for, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make my name known. I'm going to work really hard. And then in maybe five to six years, I'll have a following and um, build my reputation in this business and in this community.
0: So tell me how you do that at the age of 22 you're doing networking, you're building this database. What were some of the activities that you were doing to get some names into there? Um, You know, obviously you're working your own sphere. So you probably have their names, phone numbers, things like that. Parents, you know, friends of friends, things like that. But how are you digging to get more people into your database and like keeping up with that?
1: Yep. So I got really involved in community organizations, uh, the chamber of commerce, the economic development, church, Bible studies, anything I could do just to connect with people because I also wanted to meet people in my community and make friends and also make a difference in the community. I've always been passionate about that. Um, And, you know, for example, I would show up to chamber meetings by myself and just go up and say, Hey, I'm Tyson, you know, nice to meet you. And it, it paid off. Some people may think I'm silly, but that's what you have to do. Especially if you're going into a business where you're an independent contractor. You know, I had to put all into it. You know, what you put into this business is what you're going to get out. And I think that's how you survive it is you get creative and you just do it. I, I know people always say, fake it till you make it. I do not like that saying because I feel like you just do it. Like you do what you have to do. And that's what I did. I learned, I did coaching programs. Um, you know, I just tried to do the best I could. Um, I I didn't want to go into it just doing halfway. Like I wanted to put my all into it. So, um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um,
0: you you said something that I absolutely loved and it will probably be the name of this episode. Um, but <laughs> you said, I planted a lot of seeds and over time they blossomed. And I just, I loved that analogy. So tell me, you know, all these seeds that you're planting nine years ago, kind of how long did it take for you to say to yourself, wow, the things that I did, all that networking, all those community involvement, it's mm-hmm. working. Like, did you have a moment where you went, click, it's starting to work?
1: Yeah, well, um, I don't. I don't really have an exact timeline because I. I feel like each year I see things happen. Uh, but I will say, I work mainly by referral right now because I nurtured those relationships. I would say I'm more relational versus transactional. I think having a relationship with someone is more important than, than the dollar sign to me, and so that has really um, been beneficial to me is nurturing those relationships with my people. I mean, I have a client right now, I helped her sister, her brother, her daughter, and now they're all selling. So I'll list all their properties and help them find something else. So like this repeat business is such a blessing to me. And I think that's one seed that I've planted that I feel has really paid off. Yeah. Um, and just, just doing the extra things for my clients has paid off. You know, it's whether they need help moving or they need contractors or they need boxes or they need just, just the small things, you know, just, I, I think that's totally paid off for me.
0: They might be small to you, but to yeah. them, it makes a big difference. And it shows that you're not just their realtor, that you're their friend and that you're helping. And, and I mean, they, I know a lot of agents feel that they become kind of family with some of these people that have really trusted them and stuff. So I'm looking at some of the testimonials that you have. She was a pleasure, a pleasure to work with and always made sure I was aware of showings and inspections. Tyson is a true professional. There are so many good things. I don't know where to start. So yeah, you've done a good job for your for your Thank people. You.
1: And it obviously shows. So tell me a little on bit about second. some of the events that you do. I did an event this year and it was called range and Rosé. So I knew that I love golf and how could I incorporate that into my business along with partnering with other people in the community. So I partnered with Mimi Seabrook. It's a local um, store here in the Pauleys Island area. Um, and so we partnered together and we did this event And we did it in support of Fostering Hope. So we opened up a website where people could register and we had women out for an evening and had a golf lesson and networked and also raised money and donations for Fostering Hope. So I was able to incorporate that within my business. So we were having fun, but also supporting a good cause and also being able to network with other women in the community.
0: And you build the connections and they get to understand your brand and now they're referral partners. It's all, it's all good stuff.
1: Yes. So that was super fun and I'll definitely do it next year. I'm hoping to do that yearly. Tell me now, um, you know, you've been in
0: the business nine years, which was right after, you know the 2008 meltdown and all of this. So you obviously built your business up when the market was slower into what we've seen in the last few years. So now Mm -hmm. with the market changing, kind of what things are you doing differently? Are you noticing a change yet in your market? Like, tell me a little bit about, you know, the market changes and how that's affected you.
1: Yeah. So I was fortunate. I started, it was 2014. So the market was good, you know, steady. It wasn't like it was during COVID. So I feel like I've experienced different levels of the business and in the market itself. Um, So going back to your question you asked me, I didn't really answer it. Each year I've found I have had more volume each year. It's like a ladder for me, um, which I'm so blessed and thankful for. And so I would say things that have changed that I've seen really is marketing and and how social media has just soared and like everybody's online and you really got to stay up to date with all of that. And, um, I was thinking about this. I remember this was probably in like 2016 and Instagram, we had Instagram, but I didn't like it was so popular as it is now and I remember sitting in our old conference room and getting on my phone and doing a video and posting it on Instagram and there wasn't many people doing video at that time so I you know I was like I'm gonna give this a try and it was the best thing I could have done because now look at video I mean it's like if you're not doing video like you the train has left you I was watching some of your reels you're getting after it I like it Well, and now there's reels and there's TikTok and there's all of these tools at our fingertips. But I think it can also be overwhelming. Um, So I try to remind myself, stick to the basics, like stick to what works for you, because not everything that works for everyone else is going to work for you. So you have to really dial into what you're good at and um, what you've had the most success with. And so, what you
0: enjoy, because if you don't enjoy it, I mean, if you hate yes. doing a video, you're not going to do a video and you're not going to be consistently doing video. So like, just do what you like.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I would say like, I've seen like right now, the market I think is cooled down a little bit compared to what we saw during the pandemic. But I think people will last in this business if they stick to their consistency and their systems and their plans. And, um, I feel like that's how people stay in this business is just staying focused and not worrying about the outside factors so much. Um,
0: So you also became certified as a luxury agent, correct? In 2021. So tell me about dealing with luxury clients versus dealing with, you know, the normal residential clients that you were possibly dealing with before, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. what are some of the nuances or or the differences in dealing with that type of client? Cause there's definitely a lot of people listening that are like, wow, I would really love to break into more of a luxury market, but maybe there's things that they don't realize or that they don't know. So tell me a little bit about like some of the nuances between dealing with the different groups.
1: Yeah. So I know my sales manager and most of our agents would agree We treat everyone as a luxury client. You know, I'm not going, I'm going to treat a client with a condo the same way I'm going to treat a million dollar buyer. Um, And that's one thing that I, that I will never waver on, you know, you're going to get the same treatment from me. Now, as far as luxury goes through Christie's International, we have a, a lot of tools and marketing, um, programs at our fingertips that really are going to benefit that luxury client with that listing to get it out to all across the country. Um, so I would say we do have that advantage and we are, you know, the only one on our coast here with that affiliation. So that is, um, a huge benefit. If you are a seller with, um, a property that's priced a million and higher, We Our services, I would say, are unmatched when it comes to
0: that. When COVID hit... Did you guys notice a big jump? Because I know all those markets, um, you know, the warmer climates, the beach climates, those types of markets did see a a good sizable increase. Did you see a big increase of people, uh, influx of people, especially from these northern freezing states coming down to the South Carolina market? So tell me about that and tell me about how that kind of changed the way you were doing things, too.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of the people I've worked with for the past nine years are relocating from Northern areas to retire or just to escape the cold weather and high taxes. <laughs> so I would say um, we definitely saw that. And it, it, I think everyone, when the pandemic was going on, we were so unsure of oh, what's going to happen with the real estate market. And we were all pleasantly surprised that it was a great year for everyone. And so I would say we were all very busy. And one thing that I did is I learned to delegate more and work with, you know, there, there was some, a few of my agents in my office, we would team up and we work deals and it was so much fun. And I found that I was actually way more productive with the help of others than just doing it myself. And so that's one thing that changed for me and, um how I was able to be even more successful
0: that's incredible because it's a hard lesson that I think a lot of agents have to learn you know when they are doing anywhere between 5 to 15 deals a year they're able to do a lot of the things that you know yeah. when they get to 30 40 50 deals a year they can't do anymore and that's mm-hmm. a weird transition of like okay when do i need to get that help versus when do i do it myself so what do you think was kind of that crossover for you um was it just the amount of like buyers that you had and you realized that you didn't have enough time to show them all the properties that they were looking for or what was that what was that trigger for you to say i need help
1: yeah so <clears throat> a little bit of both and Um, I also had an assistant during that time who was super helpful. Um, I'm also a mom, you know, I, I have a two-year-old, so I, I juggle a lot in my life and to deliver my, to my clients, the best service possible. I knew I needed help in these certain areas to continue to have that customer service. I like to provide to my clients. So that is where I, and I'm so thankful I took that leap and learned to delegate because I'm such a planner, and I like everything my way and and you know sometimes you know a team of people you can be even more successful than just by yourself, so that's where I learned to um really ask for help,
0: yeah. yeah. So you love to spend time on your clients, spend time with your clients and help them in any way you can going into the holidays. Now, what are some of the things that you do to show appreciation? Do you do, you know, something around Thanksgiving, something around Christmas? Like what, what are some of the things that you do to help, you know, make sure your clients know that you're thinking of them during those times?
1: Yeah. So in the past I've done Popeyes and, you know, Popeyes like an advent calendar last year. Um, just a little something to say, Hey, I'm thinking of of you, um, a Christmas card emails, a a, a text, um, personal notes have been great for me. I've done that from the start of my business is just write a personal note uh, that goes so far. And, you know, just to tell them I'm thinking of them and, um, Tell me Those more about the that...
0: personal notes because that's something that I've heard a lot of people say. Um, I I say a lot of people have said it, but then I realize that a lot of people don't say it. So I wonder if like <clears throat> it's only a small percentage of people that are doing it. So tell me a little bit about that. How do you decide who to write a letter to? How often do you do it? Like what what's the foundations behind that?
1: So it, it, it's time consuming. So that may be why some people don't stick with it, but. So, for example, you could write a personal note when you meet that client or when you get under contract and say, hey, I'm looking forward to getting this deal closed for you and working alongside of you. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Just a simple handwritten note to let them know you're thinking of them. Um, It could be their birthday or anniversaries or if they have a celebration or a loss or anything like that, um, in their personal life, I think it means a lot to people. I know it does to me when I receive a personal note. And when I first got into the business, the first like three or four years, I did Buffini, which is a training program. And they touched on that too. And it was a very structured program to build your business. And I really learned a lot from that. And that was one of the items they did was Personal notes and pop buys, like popping by the client, leaving them a little something um, just to say hello, thank you for your business.
0: It goes such a long way, and I love that we. I know our broker owner; he keeps a stack of cards, just you know, blank note cards in his desk, and he has you know a list that he keeps, and he'll write down names of people throughout the week, um, and maybe he'll jot down notes or whatever, but then he'll you know send those out like he'll block some time and he'll say, okay, where's my letters? And he'll start writing out some of those notes and they just go so far. It's funny. I was, I did a training once and I said to the crowd, I said, how many of you guys have received a handwritten note from someone in the last, I don't know, couple months? And, you know, there was probably five or six people's hands went up out of 30, right? So it was very few people. But then I said, out of those people, how many of you guys have kept it? Is it on your refrigerator? Is it on your desk? Is it Mm -hmm. on your desk at work? Like, where is that note? And I would say out of those, like, five, four of them kept their hand up and said, yep, I still have it. You know, it's like, it's something that you don't get rid of. Like, it's a nice thing that you want to keep. Like, it's either a letter that's on your mantle, you know what I mean? Or it's something that's on your desk. Like I know when I get them, I leave them on my desk and I have them sitting on my desk. It's just a nice reminder that someone took the time to think about you and it just goes such a long way. Absolutely. I love that. So, all right. So in closing, cause we're almost wrapping up here, I want you to give us some advice. What advice do you have um, to, you know, this group of realtors, maybe they're, you know, same timeframe as you, maybe they've been in the business for 10 years. They're hoping to make it to that next level, um, whatever that is for them. You know, what is some advice that you would give to some of those people that, you know, are just trying to do more in their business?
1: Sure. So, I would say be consistent, be authentic, be yourself. Um, you know, this business, you can, it, you can make it what you want it to be. It, you can brand yourself. Like I've branded myself, Tyson Jones sells the South and that's stuck. And I, I love, love the South and I want to sell it to other people who want to move here. So Systems that you have in place. um, You know, it's all about trust with people. If people trust you, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the business. If you can relate to others and they know that you you have their back, um, you will be very successful. Um, I'm thankful for the company I'm with. Uh, Make sure, you know, you're with a great company, Uh, the literal company, we're the number one company here in the Waccamaw Neck. We do a lot of transactions. I think this year to date, we've closed 524 million in volume. Uh, We've got over 150 agents. So I would say, you know, make sure you're with a reputable and strong company who's going to provide you with the tools you need to be successful. Um, Also, (laughs) I would say, your habits are so important. Like every morning I wake up and I do my devotional. That's just what I do. It sets my mind. Um, I consistently put like positive information into my mind and good vibes because that's what I want my clients to see through me is, um, you know, that sense of positivity and that I'm here for them and it's all going to be good, you know? (laughs) So I think, Fueling yourself with positive vibes is so, so important in this business because it can get hard. And sometimes you can take things personal and you just, you know, you can't. You've got to stay focused. And last thing I'll say is you have to play your own game. Uh, I learned that early in life. I'll never forget. I was on the driving range with my father about to play a golf tournament. And he saw me looking around and he said, Stop stop worrying about what what's happening around you. Everybody's playing their own game and that's so important. Like I you can't get caught up in the numbers. You can't get caught up in like what you could be doing. Like keep your head down, focus and do what you do best because we all have so many talents and skills. We're all unique and we have to find what we're good at and run with it. So I would say work hard and Keep a smile on your face and do the right thing and you'll be successful.
0: I love it. I wish they could see that big smile that you just had on your face because hey. it is very infectious. Um, <laughs> so if people want to find you, sells the South on Instagram, which yes. I love, by the way, I love the handle. Thank you. Um, and then um, they can, you know, research you and find you on Facebook on, I'm sure, I'm sure you have a TikTok channel, right?
1: Well, I do reels, so that's close to TikTok, (laughs) but um, Instagram is really where I'm big on and Facebook as well. You can find me on there. So, um, perfect.
0: And then, um, we will link some of your social media. I know I've got your two social media links here for Facebook and Instagram. So I'll link those on the show notes and Tyson, thank you so much. I think you've been just a wealth of knowledge. I love how prepared you were. You have all your notes and you were all ready to go. Um, and you excellent. I know <laughs> our agents are going to learn so much from listening to this. So I really, really appreciate it. And if you guys have any clients that are moving down to the grand strand in South Carolina, then definitely. Definitely yes. reach out to Tyson. She'll be happy to help you guys. So thank Absolutely. you so much, Tyson. I hope you have thank a you. rest
1: of your week. It was great talking to you.
0: You too. All right, everybody, we will see you on the next episode of Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate. Bye-bye. We hope you learned something today. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and want to hear more stories, please share with others, post on social media, and leave a review. Check out our other content on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Crush It Real Estate. We appreciate you listening to our podcast. Now get out there and crush it in real estate.